Welcome to Making Sense with Dustin Lamontang from Research Capital. My name is Bryn Griffiths and Dustin joins us. How are you doing today? Hey, awesome, Bryn. How's yourself? Fine, thank you. You know, one of the things you have taught me over the many years is that there are some sectors that you love. There's some sectors you really believe in. They're kind of must-own sectors. Do you want to talk about that today? Yeah, you know, there's there's three main uh, sectors that I own for every single client in, in large quantities. Um, and that is, uh, you know, pipelines, telecoms, and banks. And, and it, the reason being is because they, they pay really nice uh, dividends and they're essential businesses. You, you can't really operate the economy without, uh, you know, banks and telecoms. So some of my clients, because of climate, uh, um, climate change uh, issues uh, or, or just fr- from their own, uh, uh, you know, investment policy, internal investment policies, yeah. don't like to invest in pipelines because they, they think that they're contributing to the overall climate uh, problem. Uh, I'm not of that opinion. I, I don't think that um, I, I think the, the fossil fuels are going to be used anyhow, and uh, they need to be transported. I don't see where a pipeline contributes to uh, uh, any type of uh, climate issue. It, it's more the, uh, you know, the burning of the, uh, the, the fuel in the different various uh, capacities. It's not the transporting of the fuel that causes the crisis. So I, I, I'm a big, big, uh, big believer of those three areas, pipelines, telecoms, and banks. And then, uh, uh, you know, the, the fourth and fifth areas that I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in and out of from time to time based on valuations is railroads and, and healthcare. Okay. Those five sectors are, are my, my favorite uh, must own sectors. I also like, uh, you know, utilities and to a certain extent, big cap technology and, and so forth. But, um, as we've talked on this podcast before, oligopolies are a beautiful thing. They, they have, uh, you know, above, above average profits because they have pricing power. And generally Canada is a small enough market that, uh, it's full of oligopolies. So when I look at the, uh, the must own sectors, uh, th- those ones stand out and, and amongst the pipelines, you know, there, there's only really four big ones left in Canada. There's TC energy, which is the old trans Canada pipeline. There's Pemina pipeline and there's Enbridge. Those are the three biggies. Then there's a few smaller players of, of which, uh, I own a ton of, uh, Kiera. Um, and, and Kiera is a midstream company, um, in, in, in Canada, very well managed and, uh, from that perspective, what I've noticed is the smaller players have been uh, scooped up by the larger players in Canada for the better part of the last decade. There used to be about 10 pipeline and midstream companies, and uh, slowly they've been picked off one by one by the the large, the three larger companies. Um, and then you've got some of the... Um, the, uh, the pension funds like Canada Pension Plan and Inco and Ontario Teachers have been adding to uh, energy infrastructure assets as well. So when I look at the pipelines, I, I think it's, it's one of my favorite sectors. Uh, just to give you an example right now, the average yield from dividends between uh, Pamina, Kiera, Enbridge, and TransCanada at the time of our, our recording here is about 6.5%. So I'm two thirds of the way to 10, just based on the dividends. Yeah. Um, 
you know, holding these type of companies. Hey, can I bring this up? We haven't even talked about this, but Shaw's just been purchased, right, by Rogers. Does that yep. change anything in the telecoms world at all? Well, if anything, it makes it, it makes the uh, the industry more concentrated. It's a, now a smaller oligopoly, so even better to invest in. The only thing that can knock a knock an oligopoly on its uh, uh, rear end is uh, change in government regulation, right? That negatively or adversely impacts that oligopoly. Until until the uh, the operational framework changes. Uh, you know, they'll always have above average profits because of lack of competition and pricing power. So when you look at uh, the telecoms, now that they went from four to, to three, right? There's there's a, a redheaded stepchild uh, in Quebec called Quebecor um, that you can, you can buy a cell phone, but that's very, very specific to the Quebec market. So um, I, I think when we're talking cell phones and, and telecoms in Canada, we're talking Rogers, uh, TELUS, and BCE. Uh, because of what's been going on with Rogers and Shaw, I've I've uh, ha- haven't really um, put any serious money into to Rogers. I may uh, change that outlook going forward, but t- typically I've had the bulk of my telecom investments in BCE and TELUS. I do have to bring this up because it's an election year coming up next year, federally, provincially. We're just going through that. As we speak, uh, how much does this change uh, how we take a look at must-own sectors at all? Uh, it doesn't really change it. I mean, we, we, we've changed from conservative to liberal, back to conservative, back to liberal. And, you know, the next election, who knows, it might, might pivot back to conservative. Nobody really wants to get into the uh, upset the apple card and, and get into these regulatory battles with the companies. So they, they tweak it here and there and they talk tough, but yeah. nothing ever changes. Um, the, the banks have turned into uh, a personal piggy bank of, uh, you know, Justin Trudeau's liberal party. They keep taxing them and, uh, and they're going to tax, um, you know, change the withholding stat with, with withholding tax on the, the dividend streams. Um, that's more of an accounting issue, but, uh, basically they're, they're stripping revenue from the banking sector. Um, and you know what, the banks benefit to a, a huge degree because of all the federal cash going into, um, uh, you know, the, the pandemic. Yeah. So that probably inflated profits and they're just giving a little bit back now. Uh, but bottom line is banks are still going to be a great place to, to own stock and, and collect dividends and, and make capital gains for, for the foreseeable future. So. I, I only brought it up because we just kind of went through an Alberta election. So, and it's really early right now. Obviously we can't tell too much about that. So I thought it would kind of touch on that, but uh, well, thank you for that because you talked, you brought, you didn't bring up just three must own sectors. You brought up five and you got me in three of them, I believe. So uh, I'm feeling pretty good going into the summer. What can I tell you? Anything yeah, else? You on know, that? I've, I've been looking at, uh, uh, you know, CP was the, the victor in the, in the battle for Kansas City Southern. Um, and that's significant because what, what it provides CP shareholders is uh, 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 basically a rail network which, which can stretch from, uh, you know, Canada to Mexico. So you, you've got, a, I think, a, a fairly good runway for growth there. 
and I'm, I'm seriously looking at CP. If it hits a certain valuation number, I'm probably going to go uh, fairly heavy into that stock for my clients. Because um, railroads, I mean, let's face it, there's only a handful of them across North America, and it's just a fantastic business. It's a, it's a very efficient way to transport goods. It's cheap. Um, and, 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 you know, you if you ever get stuck behind a, 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 a train at a crossing, and it's, you know, one of these uh, CP mainline trains and there's 300 cars or 400 cars on it. Take a look at the, the wide variety of uh, goods that are transported on, on a train. It, it's it's fan- fantastic. Um, you know, you've got everything from agricultural commodities to, to lumber, to cars, to oil and, uh, you know, oh, yeah. uh, liquids. So it, it's just... It, it's a great sector. It's above average profits. And I think the stocks are, are going to continue to, to be outperformers uh, for the foresee- foreseeable future. Um, the, the, the only the, one you don't have me in is railroads. I, and I know that's because I'm bitter over 50th street in Edmonton. And I have to wait for those oil cars on those long trains to go by. I've sat at that, that railway crossing for about 25 minutes on some rush hour occasions. So I, for some reason, I just can't get over that. I don't want to yeah, invest well, we, in that. Buy some stock, make some money, and ease the pain of yeah, waiting thank a little you. bit. All right, great. Super. But, uh, you know, the, la- the last sector that, you know, and, and I've just started, it, the, the sector has dipped here, and I've been waiting for a dip, an opportunity to get in uh, at cheaper prices is healthcare. And, and for healthcare, I'm mostly talking about pharmaceutical and, and medical equipment makers. Uh, I'm not real big on the, the hospitals and HMOs. Um, the uh, I, I kind of have a, a, a you know little bit of a, a moral dilemma about making people people making money off surgeries and, and whatnot. But um, those hospitals have to be supplied, and, and people people still have to take, uh, you know, pills for different afflictions. So uh, I think those are good areas to invest in. And, and as we've talked about on the, on the podcast previously, the baby boomers are just starting to use the, the healthcare system. Uh, so I think there's huge runway for growth in the next 10 years in healthcare. And it's going to be uh, probably a 10 to 15% weighting in my client portfolios uh, over the next decade. Um, and as, as share prices go up, I'll trim that back, but, um, that's just going to be a fantastic place to invest, uh, sector to invest in. There's going to be above average profits. Uh, the, the, the thing is you, you can't really get access to healthcare stocks in Canada because there's just no companies to choose from. So right. I mostly look south of the border from that aspect. Uh, and, and I'm increasingly turning towards things like baskets, like iShares to, to get exposure to that healthcare. Um, there's, there's a, a real uh, plethora of, of good choices uh, from different companies that, that put out these baskets and you can get really sector specific in it. You know, you can buy pharmaceutical baskets, you can buy medical equipment, medical equipment maker baskets. So uh, just a real great sector to invest in. Okay, if somebody wants to talk about that or any of the other sectors we've talked about today, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, just give me a call on my cell phone, uh, 780-905-7729, or you can reach me by email. Uh, sometimes it might take a day or two, but I'll always get back to you at dlamontang at researchcapital.com. Okay, that's it for today. We'll have more helpful hints coming your way on our next episode. 
Don't forget, all opinions expressed are solely Dustin's and do not reflect those of Research Capital. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Research Capital may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Thanks for listening to Making Sense. Have yourself a great day. 